0: welcome to JoJo's World. Good day. Good day, Nick. Oh, what have I done? What have I done? Nick, still Australian. It's February 2024, and the whole world is a buzz about a uh, Pokemon-like <laughs> video game where you and your pals can create your perfect island paradise. Yeah. Uh, I am, of course, talking about like a Dragon Infinite Well. The SujiMon <laughs> are real. I have uh, been playing this game a lot since we last recorded and I'm loving it. <laughs> you literally, I think every night this week, have been like, hey guys, I'm going to play this game. this game. I'll just stream yeah, it. Yeah. It's good. Stream it on my PlayStation to my friends on discord.com. Mm. Uh, it exudes very like Liam vibes, I think is the best way to put thank it. Thank you. Where it's like, it's got deep, painful things underneath the surface. Danny but on Trejo's top, in it. Yeah. But on top, it's just like, oh shit, Danny Trejo's in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they've put a full Pokemon game in this uh, <laughs> where you can capture and fight creeps on the street uh, like maybe, for instance, a guy who's way too into his ukulele. Mm. Or, or a guy who's covered in cement or for some reason. Or a giant clown on stilts. Or a yeah, sumo wrestler. Yeah, just a guys, you know? Yeah, uh, And then later on I'll unlock the sort of Animal Crossing mode where you can um, start to build your island sanctuary and you can put your sujimon to work harvesting resources. Oh my god. It's I just thought... Palworld, but better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's better than Palworld because I haven't played Palworld. Neither have I. <laughs> yeah. We're authorities on this topic here. We we always... No, it's go... a couple of streams. It seems fun, but I'm not going to play it. Yeah, no. I, all I know is it's basically Ark. And I'm like, I don't it's need basically Valheim. No, Valheim's better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, th- the thing that turned me off Valheim, mm. uh, I am Liam S. Smith, one of your co hosts. I Valheim, the other one, of the co host. Uh, yeah. Is that, uh, you know, we were playing on a server with Nick and a couple of our other friends. Mm-hmm. And if I ever missed a play session, I would come back to find a heap of ogres had, like, torn down my house. Yeah. Uh, because that's part of the games there, and I wasn't there to defend it. Uh, but the building was cumbersome enough that if I wanted to repair my beautiful uh, Norse lodge, <laughs> that would just be my next play session. Yeah. Yeah, it's very like, if you have 20 people, not really a massive deal. If you have four people, it's like, oh, this is a bit annoying. But if you want to build and maintain your own house... Yeah, if you want to have one person doing everything, it's like, those raids will fuck you up. It's almost like it encourages you to work together. I'd rather eat my own shit (laughs) than go online and play with other human beings. Nick, this is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, JoJo's World, where today we are talking about the 20th episode of... Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo, 2040. Entitled, One of These Night. One of These Night? One of These Night. One of These Night. Quick shout out to the person I follow on Blue Sky. I like their posts, don't know anything else about them. But their username is Bubblegum Midlife Crisis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I followed them. Amazing. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Have you discussed anything with I have them? not interacted with them at all. Okay, great. <laughs> but then, you know that they're there. Yes. Yeah. They seem to do anime reviews or something like that. I haven't really mm. too closely. Mm. Mm. We will never do that. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> one of these night. One of these night. What an app. Ha- Nick, you may recall, uh, in the previous couple of weeks, I've shared some excerpts from Hirohiko Araki's Super Rules of Movies. Mm, I, I do vaguely recall this. And I had intended to share some information about the next one down his list of uh, top 10 or top 20 or whatever it was, uh, suspense movies. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't find any um, translated commentary on The Great Escape. What I did find, however, was somehow more translated commentary on Shrek. How much? (laughs) Is this all from Araki? Yep. He's just kept talking about Shrek. Yes. But why? It's one of his top eight suspense movies. Alright, okay. What makes Shrek so outstanding? It's how it boldly shows what previous animations haven't dared to. Shortly after the movie starts, we see Shrek make his entrance after finishing his business in the toilet. He then farts in a pond and later belches loudly, spewing fire. It's just one crude moment after the other. Mm. The movie doesn't shy away from brutal depictions either. Frogs and snakes are inflated like balloons and sent flying into the sky. A bird that hears Princess Fiona's singing explodes from the high-pitched sound. She even cooks and eats the eggs left in the nest. Despite the numerous risky scenes like this in Shrek Risky? They're, clear, they're cleverly designed to avoid criticism for being absurd For example, when Lord Farquaad tortures the living gingerbread man The cookie's legs had already been torn off He's then dunked into milk and ultimately thrown into the trash This is pure violence, which isn't suitable for children but if you look at it objectively, it's just breaking a cookie, dipping it in milk and throwing it away. Mm. There's nothing to get overly upset about. Uh then a separate excerpt. Okay. It seems there are fewer people who consider anime as something only for children. However, there are still many adults who avoid American Disney-like animations that extensively use CG, even though they enjoy anime with sci-fi themed settings. Mm. To those people, I recommend watching Shrek 2001. Oh, fuck. In my opinion, it is a masterpiece in the history of animation, what? showcasing outstanding craftsmanship. It breathes new life into the concept of fairy tales and feels like a work born to exist in the modern era. Surely this can't be real. And finally, a third excerpt. Oh my god. I was personally surprised by Donkey and Dragon suddenly becoming a couple. They even had kids together in Shrek 3, 2007. Is that really okay? How did they even mate in the first place? It may seem like a depiction of a forbidden relationship, but interspecies mating among animals is something that happens in the world. It's not something that can be complained about. In fact, the amazing, the, the amazing thing about Shrek <laughs> is that it breaks conventional norms. Uh-huh. It makes you think, maybe this is really the right way to go about things. I have many questions. I'll endeavour to answer them. Interspecies relationships. Sure. Like a horse and a donkey making a mule, for instance. Sure. But mules can't breed from that point on, right? No. Presumably the the dragon donkeys are also infertile. Okay, alright. They will be the last of their line. Alright, second question. What the fuck? What? Why is he recommending Shrek so highly? He likes Shrek. It's one of his top 8 suspense movies. Apparently it's a modern masterpiece of animation. But if you recall from the last time we talked about it, uh, after the second, he only, he felt like it was kind of a cash grab. Mm, True, true. The first one was bold, brash. It broke new ground in the history of adult animation. It's a kids movie. (laughs) (laughs) Simply the best. Around. Nobody's ever going to keep you down. And you know who else isn't going to be kept down? Is it Shrek? The 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 Boomers. The Boomers. The Boomers, the Boomers. They're all the Boomers. In Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040? You wouldn't fucking dare. In the heart of mega Tokyo, the megalo city? You wouldn't fucking dare call it that. Dare I have and dare I must. You're fucking crazy. Hey, guess what? What? So, we got a message. I don't know if we're going to keep this in the app, but we got a message from one of our I'll pictures. be the judge of that because I edit the podcast. That's fair. That's fair. Um, apparently. Apparently. Jefferson's Starship was ah. on the Star Wars Holiday Special. I believe it. Having seen the Star Wars Holiday Special, I have blocked most of it out. (laughs) I mostly just remember the bit where Chewbacca's grandpa or dad, it's hard to tell because they all speak Wookie, um, (laughs) sits in some sort of psychic hologram porn chair for what felt like 20 minutes. A psychic hologram porn chair? Yeah. And you see the psychic hologram porn he's watching. So, psychic hologram... That much, I'm cool with. The pawn chair. He like sits in his magical chair. Okay. And like, he's not watching like hardcore pornography, but like the thing that he's watching, which is, as I recall, is some sort of vaguely pink humanoid alien, just like making suggestive gestures and sounds. Oh, oh, because they're probably a Twi'lek, right? No. No? Some sort of creature. What? But that doesn't make any, no, because all the, okay, here's my Star Wars knowledge coming out, right? Twi'leks generally exploited within the Star Wars universe for being the sexiest aliens, and therefore, the delicious, beautiful Leku. I reckon a Leku would roast really well. <laughs> I mean, Rotisserie yeah. style, as Shrek would say. It would, it would literally be like, um, you know, those like anime... It's all fat. What's fat the- is flavour. Yeah, what's the anime like roast beef with the big bone in the middle of it? Sure, just like a roast beef with a big bone in the middle. Yeah, belly. like it's like perfectly cylindrical and then there's the big bone in the middle. They don't have any bones in them, though they have brains in them. Oh. Oh, that would be... <laughs> well, that might be good, actually. Anyway, point being, if it's not a Twi'lek, like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, what the hell? I don't know, it's just some lady. Hmm. And he's just some guy. Hmm, Can they truly fall in love like this? species relationship Via the psychedelic porn chair on Wookiee Life Day? yeah. Uh, also apparently, another thing, uh, apparently we didn't recognise Jeffson Airplane, but it's from the cable guy. I've seen it, don't really remember it, didn't really rate it. Hmm, fair, fair. Anyway, there's all, there's more trivia. However, No, no, keep going. Oh, well, I I, well, I mean, your laptop is- Dying. Sure, I forgot to bring my charger today. Um, oh, a quick note at the top of the show. This will be the last episode we record in the Nick's house studios before we revert to the Liam's house studios. Oh, my God. Uh, so, potential disruption to the schedule there, but hopefully not. Mm. We will endeavour to be professional. Well. I mean, ish. Like, very, like... To our standards. Yeah, <laughs> We'll be professional enough... We're just like cool guys and we don't really take it too seriously, you know, this podcast that we do. That's why kind of our listener numbers are going down. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we had the heyday several years ago mm. and now we're just sort of here. You know, I like their banter, but I don't really know what they're doing when they run out of JoJo's, you know? Just like, yeah. they're kind of doing things with a broad thematic link to what's come, come before or what's coming up, but I don't know if they're really threading the needle doing, uh, you know... Two side series in a row that are from the 90s in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what are we going to do in 2024? Oh I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's from... what year it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe like a series from, oh, I don't know. Instead 1987. The... Yeah, I was going to say when the When did TriGum 80s. come out? 1997. There we go, something. the three fun. Yeah. Or we could do something from the 40s. The 2040s? Yeah. Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040? Vumas! Episode 20, One of These Night. Named after the hit fourth studio album by The Eagles. Everyone's favorite rock band. Aren't they from California? Probably. Are they? Okay, so The Eagles. Are they like part of this weird Californian soft rock deal? Uh definitely call them dad rock. Ugh. Hate that. What? Dad rock. It's like... If anyone is a dad and they listen to any music that someone would be like, yeah, that's rock, then it qualifies as being dad rock. No, dad rock is a vibe more than a literal definition. (laughs) But like, how can you... Okay, sure. But at the same time... Like Mark Knopfler is dad rock. Mark Knopfler? From Dire Straits. Oh yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, I getcha, I getcha. I get the vibe now, Mm. I get the vibe. And the Eagles are dad rock. Because they suck. (laughs) Hotel California. Ugh. Say no more. Ugh. No one wants to hear Hotel California again. Maybe once. You can turn off the podcast anytime you like, but you can never unsubscribe. Exactly. Wait, what? <laughs> because of the, the boomer disease. Mm, true. You know who else has the boomer disease? Fans of the Eagles <laughs> and their full studio album, One of These Nights. The last album to feature the original lineup of Randy Mazziner, Glenn Frey, Don Henley, and Bernie Leedon. Mm. Along with the then new member Don Felder, Don Felder, Ledon left the band after the album due to his dissatisfaction with the band's shift from country towards a more mainstream rock sound. Hmm, interesting. I didn't realize they were country. The Wikipedia. I? Hmm. In an interview with Cameron Crowe, Henley joked that it was their "satanic country rock" period because it was a dark time, both politically and musically, in America referring to the turmoil in Washington and disco music starting to take off. <laughs> to be fair, it's a dark time with disco music. We thought, well, how can we write something with that flavour, with that kind of beat, and still have the dangerous guitars? <laughs> the dangerous We wanted to capture guitars. the spirit of the times. Mm. Mm. And then disco just took over. Until it was killed by a conspiracy of, I don't know, radio station owners and conservative politicians or something. Yeah, yeah. Metal probably killed disco. I don't think metal killed anything except for metal. I mean, everything. I tell to a lie. Metal. Um, metal did just recently this week kill uh, a very generous compensation package for uh, CEO of uh, Tesla, Elon Musk. Wait, what do you mean? Because there was a I don't know if he's a CEO. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> a uh, a case in was it Iowa um, c- court mm-hmm. about uh, how. Uh, a, a shareholder, a former metal drummer who owned nine shares, brought the case uh, that the compensation package he was approved, which was very generous, yeah. was not adequately um, interrogated by the board. Huh. So he was like, yo, this is fucked. I'm a metal drummer. I'm taking it to the courts. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. And he won. Amazing. Good on you, metal community. <laughs> and that one drummer guy. Rolling Stone's review for one of these nights says... Sorry, the episode is called "One of These Nights." The a al- night, the album is called "One of These Nights." See, the, was that clear what this, I just said? I hope I said the so. same words twice. It's "One of These Nights" is the name of the episode, mm-hmm. but the actual song is called "One of These Nights." Z. That's right. Even though they called them and this f- episode of the podcast is called "One of These Nights" with a Z <laughs> and then The night, the night Sabers. Right, <laughs> we did it. The Eagles' fourth album represents the apex of post-Birds Southern California rock. Post-Birds. With a Y. But also mm. funny because they're Eagles. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> imagine. Did the Eagles do the Eagle rock? Was that two on the nose? Uh, I actually don't know. Mm. And I refuse to find out. Hmm. Their music reflects the Hollywood ethos of glamorous, narcissistic ennui, exhibiting the contradiction between the city's atmosphere of laid-back machismo and... And its desperate rootlessness of spirit, mm. much like the contrast in the city of uh, Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040 in this episode mega between Tokyo. yeah the mega the megalocity uh, <laughs> between its uh, vision as a gleaming city of the future mm. and its current status as a uh, abandoned post apocalyptic post apocalyptic hellhole filled with uh, rampaging robot clowns, mm. a seething pit of joyous monstrosities. Mm. Unlike their previous three albums, One of These Nights is not self-consciously structured around contemporary myths, though I found the semi-operatic Desperado, which likened rock stars to outlaws, an intelligent concept. It also struck me as glibly self-satisfied. Like On the borders tribute to James Dean and Graham Parsons, while they conveyed vigour and pathos, showed no strong feeling of either violence or grief. A major reason I like One of These Nights more than its forerunners is its relative lack of conceptual pretension. The best songs portray LA culture fairly straightforwardly, using occult eroticism, like the title track One of These Nights, and sexual duplicity and malaise as metaphors for the city's transient hedonistic ambience. I would describe Pris's subplot in this episode Mm -hmm. as full of transient hedonistic ambience. Yeah, actually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's right, we brought it back. Did we? Yep, we are media journalists. (laughs) We've done research by Googling something mm-hmm. and we found it on rollingstone.com as written by Stephen Holden mm-hmm. in 1975. God damn. That's a while ago. Yes, before I'm alive. Yeah, that's 49 years ago. And you know what was after I'm alive? Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo, Tokyo 2040. We open. Start the clock. <laughs> we open. The big kaiju from last episode's having a great time. He's not actually in this... Oh, that big kaiju. Sorry, I was thinking of the big building. No, Um, no. no. Sorry, I'm getting my giant boomers confused. Listen, there's many kaiju here. You've got to keep up. Mm -hmm. The big kaiju that had an even more organic face burst out of its chest after they destroyed its boomer core. Mm -hmm. He's having a great time. But that great time is pretty much immediately halted by Lina Yamazaki, who shows up and is like, i got my new hard suit on now, baby. I'll kill you off screen in a cloud of dust. She does a very, like, Mad Max Fury yeah. Road when Max is all like, I'm going to deal with that. Comes oh, back, there is a whole thing done. where, um, before she arrives and, and kicks into action, um, Nene and the AD police are watching on and they're like, how could it still exist without a core? Uh, and uh, it, like, steps out from the underpass it's coming out from and they see that it's attached to the Dragon Line energy distribution system. <gasps> That's a lot um, of energy. Yeah. In this way... Um, The boomers are operating without a centralised core anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the new hard suits that they have developed, uh, as we'll learn this episode, are also operating without a centralised core. Much like uh, an octopus. Its central nervous system is distributed throughout its body. Mm -hmm. God, I love (laughs) octopuses. God, I love anime. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Lina effortlessly kills the boomer with her monofilament head whips. Yeah! She's used, yeah. she's used those before. They're a signature weapon. Yeah, we got more shots later and literally half of it is just her gesturing her head. Yeah, she's really throwing her neck out. Yeah, and then the whips just sort of follow and it's like, you could just use your arms. Yeah, but, you could okay. just have that built into the arm of yeah. your robot. Yeah. You don't really seem to use the arms a lot in this hard suit because you do a lot of flips and shit. <laughs> <laughs> the arms are used to somersault and that's it. Yeah, And then... Mason. Meanwhile, Mason is lying shirtless in the fetal position in the secret underground Victorian little girl's room. But it's not a little girl's room anymore. It's a big girl's room as Galatea has doubled in size since we last saw her, appearing like a young woman now. A young Celia? Yes. Oh my... And she is standing in the middle of the room with a ring of light around her, uh, as Mason says, uh, speaking in machine language. Because he, he wakes up and goes, Stop it! Stop speaking in machine language! For some reason. And we just hear these weird, like, boop 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 sounds. Yeah, it's like she's, um, you know, transmitting code faster than we can comprehend it. Yeah, but I have to emphasise, it doesn't sound like a machine. It literally sounds like someone saying... Beep, boop, boop. Of course it sounds like a machine, Nick. It's the machine language. By definition, it's what machines sound like. That's true. This cannot continue. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. This cannot continue. Mm. Hmm. Neo Automata is truly the bubblegum crisis Tokyo 2040 of video games. It starts off with because a because nice it asks fun what story. if machines are humans and the humans are also machines and the humans are gone and the machines that look like humans are also exactly the same as the machines that don't look like humans. But what about the aliens? In 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 the aliens are also dead and irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> in many ways the um the parallels between the uh, androids of Yorha mm-hmm. and the machine intelligence r- reflect the parallels between the uh, hard suits and the boomers. Mm. Mm. Truly. You see, lit crit is just kind of identifying when two things are vaguely similar, as if you're driving towards a grander point. See, meaning is taking. Actually, this is a legitimate thing, apparently. Mm. Meaning is taking one thing, taking another thing. And connecting mm, the the sign and the signifier, mm, and, and that's the, literally fucking it. Yeah, there's there's that's apparently what meaning is. That that's how you derive meaning. And memeing is when you take a fun picture of Kazuma Kiryu, yeah, yeah, and you say, uh, and take another thing. I don't always play like a dragon, infinite wealth, but when I do, it's all the time right now. They come together, and that's a compelling meme that will get me lots of likes on Twitter.com. I don't know if it will. <laughs> Well, that hasn't so far. Yikes. I reckon a good meme would be... Listen, it is once again hot in the studio. Yeah. It's boiling. Mm -hmm. I reckon a good meme would be, you say, one of these knight. Mm -hmm. And then you have a picture of like an actual knight, like a proper knight. Yeah. Um, And he's... he's Jousting. Yeah, and he's winking at you. But how can he wink at you through his helmet? Well, that's the beauty of armour. You know. You all know. He's winking under there. Oh, okay. You think that Onion Knight was like... Hmm. smiling when he was like, oh, bother. Well, no, he sounds unhappy. Yeah. Unless he has he's jo- not unless He has Joker disease. <laughs> and that's why he wears that helmet all the time. Oh, no. You think that Solaire was all like, I'm not smiling under this helmet. He was smiling under that helmet. Galatea otherwise. speaks with Mason being like, you want to be God, don't you? And he's like, yes, kind of. In the sense that God is apart from its creation and observes all things. Hmm. And we see his big scar. Yes, from when he was Because he's kid? shirtless? Yeah. I think from when he was a kid and he had surgery yeah, and stuff Yeah, he's got all head. this life-saving machinery implanted in him. And he tells yeah. us that he also implanted a subsection of the Galatea core <gasps> in his chest. Or maybe just a Boomer core, because yeah. that's it's all connected. Mm. Uh, more on that later. <laughs> uh, we'll just cover it now. Basically, uh, we come back to them later in the episode. And uh, Galatea has become dark Galatea in that her hair has become black and her lips have become green. And her eyes have become so red. So cold. So so evil. Inhuman. Oh my god, like oh. a boomer. Uh, and she, like, sticks, ma- turns Mason into a robot boy by activating his boomer core. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, sticks him on a huge pile of metal flesh that just juts out of the genom tower. And he's like, now you can watch me change the world. And he's like, wait, I wanted to be in charge. And she's all like, watch all you want. We have all the content in the world. That's right. N- ninety nine, ninety nine a month for all the streaming services. But but I was promised nineteen ninety nine a month. Oh, Mason, you fool! You thought I don't know why I'm going full evil with the silliest false voice here, but it's like, <laughs> oh, Mason, you fool! You thought yourself superior to the boomers. Well, how about you have all the boomer that you want? I mean, I think that would be a passable dub for um. Dark Cilia? I was going to say for Alan. Oh, Alan. Well, we all want the boomers to be our friends, you'll see. Why can't the boomers love boomers? Why can't the boomers just get along? But the boomers are cool now, Mason. Yeah, if he's just like trying to be like... Mason is like, how do you do fellow boomers? (laughs) I just, I would love a dub where Alan was like trying to use like modern... Slang. uh, Slang to be like... The boomers are fully lit. I don't think you know how dank the yeah. boomers are. The boomers have riz. The <laughs> night do not. Listen, not getting along with the boomers is skill issue. The boomers have secured the drip. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they keep melting into the buildings. Uh, meanwhile, back at night base. base... Uh, Lina is back in her Jerry Seinfeld outfit uh, and they are talking about the new heart suits. Uh, and it is revealed obliquely to Nene via off-screen whispers that they have to be unclothed to wear mm. these ones. Oh, very risque. Oh, no. If only there was some kind of better suit they could wear before going into that mm. suit. If only they could develop such a thing. Mm. But there isn't. No. Uh, Celia is having a quiet moment sitting in the dark with Nigel. <laughs> Everything about their relationship... So depressing. Me. Yeah, it's just like a... problematic age gap. How old is Celia now? I don't know. She's a, she's an adult. She's a consenting adult. She's yeah. too old to wear a hard suit but because Nigel... the feedback is too much for a mature woman, whatever oh. that means. But Nigel, uh, was, Nigel was an alternate. adult working yeah. on the lab when she, she was, was a child. child. So maybe... Ooh. Like, I feel like Celia is old enough that she can make her own decisions, but... That's how they get... Them. Make better decisions, Celia. Yeah. hmm. They're both alcoholics, though, so they've got that in common. Oh, great. Excellent. I mean, that's the real bringer together Mm. of people, you know? Um, So Nigel's all like, I have served your father and you for two generations. What a thing to say. Well, I mean, to be fair, this is the problem. (laughs) Do you think I've only been using you? No, your technology's great. And then he's all like, listen... I just want to drink whiskey and make hard suits and motorcycles. And she's all like, and that's what I'm helping you do. You wouldn't just want to work on that motorcycle of yours, would you? Covered in gasoline and oil. A relic from the last century. The whole theme of this episode is adaptation to new things. And I'm new. I suppose it is, Nick. Astute observation. Lit crit. Boom. Liquid? <laughs> no, lit crit. Oh, okay. I use my catchphrase <laughs> against me. Bam. I'm and working. she's like, I love you. And he's like, you shouldn't wear the hard suit again. It's too dangerous for a woman of your mature years. And she falls onto his back and is all like, oh, You I'm do so love you, me. I'm so glad you care. But just outside this vaguely defined room is Pris. And she heard everything. And she had kind of a thing for Nigel. Oh, no. So she goes screaming into the night on her motorcycle. She... Uh, at that point, uh, the thing that I mentioned with Mason becoming a... A human pillar. pillar of flesh mm. happens. Uh, Dark Galatea. He's like... He's like um, a pillar from the waist down. And Galatea's like, I'm going to activate the entire dragon line. And she starts doing that. Uh, and a big. we see big uh, power cables start to burst out from under the ground. Mm. Meanwhile, Pris is driving to her truck that she lives in, which seems to be in the abandoned toy factory district. <laughs> because we see a bunch of broken clown dolls on the ground. More on that later. By which I mean right now. Because It never comes up again, <laughs> I assume, but this is a harrowing vision. She hears, vision of um, what, scuttling and laughing in the shadows? Yeah, very like, <laughs> So, Dominic Toretto's die, she grabs a lug wrench. Who is Dominic Toretto? From Fast and Furious. He invented the race wars. Oh! That Dominic yeah. Toretto. Right, yeah, gotcha now. Yep. Pris is inventing yep. her own race war against boomer clowns right now <laughs> because out of the shadows with blowing red eyes emerge a bunch of these like tiny clown dolls. They're probably about knee high to a grown person. Yeah. Well, probably not even actually, but yeah, they're like uh, very small. And they've got little top hats on and little big uh, bow ties and clown that, pants. They look very like clockwork orange guy. Uh, with shocks of bright orange clown hair. Yeah. And green faces. And vampire teeth.
1: You and know, like you know, you've yeah. seen
0: clowns. They're not killer clowns from outer space. They're killer clowns from that toy shop over there that I guess was selling boomers as toys. And let me tell you, it has not gone well for them. Chris, like, street fights these robot clowns. <laughs> so, like, one jumps on her shoulder. She pulls it down, stamps on it, and it shatters. And we're like, that's pretty... Like yep. that's normal. Another one leaps at her. She hits it with her wrench, and its head falls off. And we're like, okay, that's pretty average, mm-hmm. sure. She says an action line: "I'm too old to play with toys." And then she goes and grabs like a lead pipe. No, no, she grabs like out of just um like a a um steel barrel with some scrap metal in it. Yeah. She grabs like just a a long lead pipe. It's not a lead pipe. It's like a um. It's like a steel beam. bit of steel cabling or something. It's yeah. a rigid, rigid piece of steel. Hmm. And she hucks it at this clown that's leaping at her. It, it's Momentum is disrupted It flies back into the air And explodes in brilliant fire <laughs> Which will be plot important yeah. actually But the explosion distracts her And then a clown bites her on the leg Oh no she's doomed to become a clown now In a moment of pain she, All the other clowns jump onto Yeah, And she's overwhelmed by clowns And they're biting and tearing at her And she's like oh no I guess the joke really was on me Oh fuck (laughs) Uh, But then there's a flurry of off-screen gunshots As Leon's there Oh, He's got his big magnum that he loves And he just (laughs) shot all those clowns To fight the fact they were on Cilia And Uh, Pris uh, Pris, Pris was all like Hey so how did you uh, know I was here? And he gives the best excuse ever I saw some fire so I came over Sure I wasn't hanging out outside your trailer or nothing I wasn't following you for Mm. X amount of time I just saw the fire (laughs) <laughs> it seems whenever we meet, you're always in a revealing outfit. <laughs> and she's all like, don't fucking look Fuck at me. Fuck off. The Listen. clowns tore up her clothing a bit. Yeah. But the thing is, they didn't tear up anything. No, they did. See? I mean, it's a low-cut shirt usually, but there's normally a join there. And I really can't believe I'm really? micro-analyzing ah, this on is. camera. No, normally there is. You're right, yeah. I would microanalyze everything. She changes into a casual... Night t-shirt, mm. uh, long mm. white, you know. And we're seeing a more vulnerable side of Pris than she's ever seen, both because her heart has been broken and she's not in her tough uh, rock girl outfit. outfit. yeah, Or also, her hard suit, which is even an even, even tougher outfit that she wears, <laughs> right? <laughs> Some would say the toughest. Mm. Also, I have to clarify, when we say night shirt, it's not spelled with a K. Mm. Very important. Yeah, it's just like a normal white shirt. Yeah. It's like... Every American rom-com partway through the film when they're like, I'm never going to find anyone. It's the shirt that they wear in that scene. Yeah, when they're eating the ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And Pris is gearing up to eat the ice cream that is Leon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not really. Right, then they're going to hook up. No, Leon is ready to eat the ice cream that's Pris. We're going to eat each other's ice cream, which which is what I call having sex. (laughs) (laughs) Henceforth, when I go over to someone's house and I say, "Hey, you all got any ice cream? They need to know what I'm saying. They talk a bit about how um, everyone has abandoned Tokyo because of the boomer menace. Hmm. Uh, And also the International Organization Army. Which isn't NATO. Or the UN. Or, I don't know, like... The League of Nations from the 1940s. Yeah, it's none of that, okay? It's the International Organization's Army. Has blockaded Tokyo for very good reason. Hmm. Did they use boomers? Japan has been occupied by them, both the international organisation and boomers. Mm. But like, does the international organisation use boomers? Maybe. Oh no. I guess it depends how um, widespread boomer export has been. Mm. How good was Alan's marketing skills? We never really see much about life outside of... Megatokyo. Well, we see a little bit outside of Megatokyo, like when Lena goes to the country to visit her family. True. But that was very much like a rural... Yeah. Very different from the hubbub of yeah, city life. Yeah, but we never see much outside of Japan. Yeah. So we don't really know how widespread boomers are as a piece of technology. Hmm. Maybe it's like, maybe the reason that Megatokyo is such a uh, cosmopolitan multicultural city is because everyone wants to be there because of this amazing boomer technology. Yeah, it's like normal Japan. You know how normal Japan is like, everyone's like, oh, it's so futuristic over there. They use these things and they do all these things and it's like, oh, it's amazing. Are you... Speaking to the image of Japan that we had in like the 80s. Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. Which is almost when this was made. True. And then it all kind of fell apart in the 2010s when we all were like. So, in the 90s, Internet. is that what they call like the lost decade in Japan? Because it's after the collapse of the uh, bubble economy? Uh, I assume so. I know that because everything is would sort of That stopped. would very much sort of, I guess, uh, align with the some, somewhat pessimistic nature of this show. Well,. Yes We're making some claims We can't substantiate And haven't done the research But we're it. gonna say yes To them anyway Or well, I am mm. Daly has gone back To his family farm Presumably That's a wrap on Daly I guess At the start of his episode When he was standing around Clapping No um, So Chris is all like Hey Listen They're gonna make out We're We're, we're scared and vulnerable yeah. In this big um, she's like, got big um, eyes, city. she's blushing. She frankly looks like a different character because of how she's holding her face. She literally looks like Linna. Yeah. She, her features are soft. But speaking of Linna, her phone rings. Ring-a-ding-ding, it's me, Linna. And she's like, Pris, come to the pit now. And she's like, oh, I'm a little busy. And she's like, why is there someone else there? And she's like, no, nobody. And she's hiding her video phone from Leon. <laughs> blushing, very un-Pris. Leon is very like, oh, I just wanted to have sex again. Yeah. <laughs> I just, just wanted just to like get. Wanted, some wanted to have sex again for the first time, and then Nigel's in the back being like, "Don't do it, bro. You Enjoy should come this. work on motorcycles with me." <laughs> <laughs> Literally, any time in any movie, if there's ever like the opportunity for like two characters to be like bro, I just want to have some sex. And the other one goes, no, you don't, bro. You want to come work on this motorbike with me? He's like, actually, you know what? I kind of do. I presume that's what Dominic Toretto is like. I mm. haven't seen the movies, but I know that from like seven on, they become weirdly sexless. I mean, that's just a great time, you know? As people become more educated and wiser, they have less sex, right? Or do they? Not touching that. Yeah, um let's just leave that. Nene kicks uh, Lina out of their phone camera view screen is was like there's a kaiju you've gotta come there's a kaiju and Chris is like kaiju? in the south she says a monster there's a monster but we clearly heard kaiju yes because we are cultures yeah we know about godzillas yep so they that- go back to the pit and we see how they put on the new hard suits so basically they tell they Mackie- should call them goop suits oh that's good oh that's damn good um, so they tell Mackie to fuck off. Yeah, fuck off because we're about to get naked. Then they get naked. Yeah, And there's weird sexual music playing. Yeah, out. like, I, I remember saying, like, last episode, there's a lot of, like, non-sexualized nudity coming up. Yeah. And when that, like, 90s porn slap bass kicked in, I was like, um, I'm really eating my words right now. Yeah. Fucking Seinfeld themes playing in the background <laughs> here. Is Seinfeld sexual? <laughs> no, but, like, there's, like, that stereotype of, like, old porn music with like that same slap bass element. Yeah. Yeah, just that starts playing. Mm. For a brief moment in my head, I just thought, man, Seinfeld had a really sexy intro. Mm. You know, when you heard It's like, yeah, I'm about to see Julia Louise Dreyfus. Oh yeah, show me. Who the podcast Masters of Our Domain would tell you is the sexiest woman on earth. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to give that some thought and then come back to it next episode Mm. because Jason Alexander there's a man with sex appeal. I did say sexiest woman. I take back my <laughs> words. You know what? You've proved me wrong. <laughs> so the way that this works is that they hop into these massive... Oh, by the way, in the first scene Cilia is in after Nigel oh, yes. telling her not to wear the hard suit, she is just in the scene wearing her hard suit. <laughs> and she's like, we gotta go. Yeah. Um. So to get into these suits, they have these massive oversized... Yeah, so you stand in this like, big metal frame. Like an exoskeleton almost. Yeah. That... Basically latches onto you, yeah. But they're too big. That's not the hard suit. So they know. pump it full of liquid metal or inner are, metal. Inner metal, which is it's just liquid. It's just liquid metal. It's goop. Yep. Yeah. And then it sort of like solidifies over you, killing you in the process. Yeah. You get a terrible yeast infection. <laughs> yep. Um, it like covers you, hardens everything up, and then well, it you doesn't. Have ha- to- it doesn't harden everything up because it's just goop. Yeah. You have to think your like com- your mental commands to. To establish a psychic body link with Mm -hmm. the hard suit. But it's like, it all like solidifies and then you say, oh, I want to do this thing. And then everything transforms. Yeah, and then it, uh, the metal, um, it's like an inverse of the way boomers go Mm. weird and organic. Yeah. It's like it starts off goopy and then becomes sleek. Yeah. Beautiful, cold metal. All the better to kill robots with. Yeah. Um, So... I think Lina is all like, I want to go fast and be stronger. And Nene's is like, I, I want to be, be a an... superhero. <laughs> I want to be a cool night saber. Yeah, and that reflects their personalities. And it gives yep. them suits that look pretty much like their old suits, but upgraded. Yeah. Chris is, dri- is riding Leon's motorcycle over to the pit to get her own. Oh yeah, this thing. And uh, he's like, can you tell me? The They're talking at conversational volume on a very fast motorcycle. And he's all like, can you tell me why you hate the boomers so much? And she says, I can't. It's embarrassing. She's blushing. He's all like, what the fuck? Why? And he's like, embarrassing. And she's like, shut the fuck up. I'm tough again. <laughs> My moment of vulnerability has passed. Let's go fight some robots. Sun Dure, I believe, is the term. Simply couldn't confirm nor deny. Mm, I refuse to engage with that part of Japanese mm. culture. <laughs> or English anime fan culture. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, all I know is the hard suits you got to get in them naked, and then... You see, watching anime the way we do it, it's cool. (laughs) (laughs) The way everyone else does it, it sucks. Listen, you guys got to stop watching it every day, okay? you got to watch it every two weeks, at minimum. Mm -hmm. And maybe every month. And maybe you spend every day between that, watching every episode of Naruto. Because you have taste. (laughs) Because you have depression. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Naruto is an upbeat... Uh Coming of age narrative, I guess, but really it's about one guy who's too cool for school. And that guy's name? Sakura. No, not Sakura. Sasuke. There's also a weird bit where Nana puts her hard suit on, where her neck seems to get about thirty centimeters okay, higher. Yeah. So, so, okay, so straight up, we have like a shot. The camera does not move in this it's, shot. It's it's like boxed in on the center of her face. Mm-hmm. The goop has just happened. Yeah, and she thinks her phrase, and as as it um transforms into hardest. a new suit. The place where her eyes were is very much the centre of her neck with her jawline jutting down. Now, maybe... It her, fixed her posture. Like, yeah, maybe. Maybe, like, her boots have gotten taller. True, true. But, like... Actually, that's probably it. But because they've the got those time, jet boots on. But, like, And she no was way. wearing no shoes before. There's no way, though, surely. Because these are her shoes. Yeah, the suit is her shoes yeah. when you think about it. And, and what does that say about society? And if anything, the suit's gotten smaller. So like, what happened? Anyway, uh, Nigel and Marky are watching them take off in their rail gun, yep. and he's like, "Nigel, you've got to take care of Cilia because I don't think I can be around for much longer." Oh. And he's like, "Okay, glug 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 glug." Oh, Nigel, <laughs> Nigel sucks, but he's the best. <laughs> Listen, Nigel is everything we wish She's we were. He's drinking whiskey from the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'll like I'll fix your fucking robot, but don't. Don't expect me to be anything more than begrudgingly intimate with you. (laughs) Listen, if I could uh, have sex with a robot lady that we kind of made clones of, question mark, at a young age in the form of other robots, and also drink whiskey from the bottle on a near daily basis, I think it'd be pretty (laughs) alright. But I can't, because she went evil, okay? (laughs) Now I have to drink the whiskey and not have sex with the robot lady that... I've grown up with because she's evil, but still drink whiskey from the bottle. And have sex with the... The good version. (laughs) The human version. Yeah, have sex with the human version, but also now that's way less cool because she's a human and not like a... But also she's not a human... Kind of. But also the boomers are kind of human as well. Yeah, but she's all like everyone. And this is of, why I drink, I'm yeah. Nigel. <laughs> it's all too complicated for a simple man like me who I just likes to drink motorcycles and build robots that kill other robots. Why can't I just have a good day? Pris arrives. She stops in, in her tracks seeing Nigel and then doesn't even speak to him. She says, Marky, I'm going to. <laughs> and then Nigel's all like, where'd you get that fucking wound? And she doesn't respond, but I kind of wish as she was running out of the room, she just went clowns! <laughs> That's a good point, actually. It was <laughs> clowns. Yeah. Clown based wound. Hmm. She's got so resistance to clown damage because she's so serious. Yeah. So the dragon line, aka the oh, earthworm. Um, just to wrap up uh, press's last scene for the episode, oh, yeah. uh, they do pour the metal on her and like it hurts her because of her wounds. Bit of a flaw of the new system. Hmm. If only there was some kind of suit they could put on before. There mm. isn't. There is no suit. Uh, and they go and fight the dragon line itself, which has become a sort of earthworm. Yeah, Earth, I'm trying to I'm trying to thread this needle of earthworm Jim, like the theme song and boomers. Like it would be boomer Jim, but that's that's not anything. No, exactly. <laughs> it has to be earthworm something. Like, but it can't be it can't be earthworm Jim because that's just the original. thing. I think this is a non-starter. Niche. No, hey, no, I can make this happen. Earthworm Jim wore a suit that made him into a boomer. And thus I oh, like the nightsabers. Exactly. So so he like gets it's like into Earthworm Press. Oh Earthworm Press. A hero we did find. Earthworm Press. Uh liquid metal on her behind. And of know, course is the something... creator of Earthworm Jim turned out to be a massive loser and we don't like him. Oh did he? Yeah. Oh. Damn. Such a good character though. True, truly the best character in Clay Fighter 63 and a third, the incredibly racist <laughs> Nintendo 64 claymation <laughs> fighting game. Some would say it was a bad fighting game before it was racist. We don't know. I it. think it can be both. At the same time. As a fringe so- show I saw this week uh, said many, many times, hmm. things can be two things. <laughs> That's impossible. I am. I can't be cool and an anime fan at the same time. That show was Scientology the Musical by George Glass. Check it out. Check them out if you are somewhere they are doing a show. Mm. I think they will have finished their run here by the time this episode comes out. Damn. But will remain an ongoing concern. <laughs> an ongoing concern? The Night sabers take the opportunity of fighting a huge mass of cables to showcase their new weaponry. Silly has got a sword. Yep. Uh, Lynn has got a whip. Nene no, no, has, it has the actually effective, um... Needle guns. guns now. Yeah. Previously, they've basically never worked on anything. Uh, but this time, they temporarily incapacitated the otherwise indestructible massive cabling. By exploding. I, can't, the, the, I think the, the the logic behind this massive um, cabling being a threat, hmm. A, it represents the fact that it's directly jacked into all the power of the Skyhook and the Dragon Line. Uh-huh. So it's unlimited power. Yeah. I don't know if it represents that so much as it is. but But also, it's kind of like how in... Go on. In the 2000 sci-fi comedy movie Evolution, mm-hmm. yep. the most dangerous form the alien menace takes is when it becomes a macro-scale uh, equivalent of a single cell organism. A macro-scale equivalent of a single-celled organism. You mean the big blob? Yes. Why was that the biggest threat? Because it was huge and uh. nearly indestructible until they realised that the selenium contained in the hair product, Head and Shoulders Anti Dandruff Shampoo, mm. was the equivalent to arsenic to it because of silicon-based life forms or something. The way you could move on the um, oh the periodic, periodic table. table elements. Oh, incredible, incredible work. Apparently, and I heard about this when the Flophouse podcast was talking about that film, I believe. Hmm. Apparently, that's not complete bullshit. Like what movements on like that on the periodic table. Like you can find elements that have common relationships with each other. Are you telling or com- me common properties when compared to each other when making similar moves? Yeah, but you're telling me that the movie from the two thousand evolution mm. that wasn't it was not entirely without scientific merit. Fucking what? Oh my god! Well, you know what, Dave Duchovny, you've done it again. Credit where it's due. Yeah. And they keep fighting. They keep fighting. The night sabers cannot stop fighting. But then they get grabbed up by tentacles. Oh, no. Oh, how are they going to get out of of this situation? No one knows. And that's the end of the episode. Oh. Slow first half. Yeah. But at the same time... No, I really liked the look into Pris' character that this episode provided. You know, we haven't quite got her tragic backstory yet. um, Unless we did in the first half of podcasting about this. But I don't think we have. Otherwise, she would just tell Leon. Um, yeah. No, it's too embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to see kind of a more emotional side of her than we've seen in the past. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Given that I know that she becomes, like, probably the lead protagonist from this point on. <laughs> it's nice to be like, oh, she's not... And she kind of st- has been in the past and that she's gotten all the big boomer kills. Yeah. Uh, but she's never been, like, the emotional... Yeah. Uh, the rock of the show. No. She's always been, like... That's Yamazaki. Yeah, and she's always happy now because she's finished her character arc. Yeah, I was... She's become the number one employee at the company she <laughs> hates. She made the line go up. Mm-hmm. She found a man and said, not follow my dreams, yep. which was to make the line go up. And she bought a magazine at one point. Yeah, and she's in love with Pris. She has the full arc and that's it. Yep. Yep. And then there's Leon. Oh, Leon. Oh, Leon. Yep. He's just sort of there. He's just there. He's kind of got a thing for Pris. I don't know if you picked up on that. Don't we all? Nick, what are our highlights and lowlights this episode? My highlight is going to be when Galatea says, I'm going to unleash the earthworm now. <laughs> That's all right. we skipped over that. Because apparently the dragon lion is called the earthworm. But I think it was, she was speaking metaphorically. Or, and there might be a cultural metaphor there that we aren't privy to, but I'm not sure. Or maybe the literal earthworm that was under the ground that was like a big kaiju monster, but actually it's not that, it's just the dragon lion. Mm. Mm. Who knows? It could be anything. But unleash the earthworm. My highlight was when that clown got exploded by spike. that steel spike. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, we could have picked any, like, it was good to see Leon mm. and Pris, Like Such deep characterization and connection. No, 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 the clown exploded. <laughs> yeah, okay. that fucking this rules. fucking puppet <laughs> exploded. And we're like, God damn, it's, so it's, it's, it's Like, there's not a lot of time dedicated to it in this show, but it was cool to see, like... When all the machines are going nuts, mm. some real stupid machines are going to go nuts. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking about Like it that now. one episode of The Simpsons where Y2K happens and like, uh, like people's milk is trying to kill them and things like that. What? So is a treehouse tree of, of horror. Right, okay. I was just thinking like, why would this ever happen in The Simpsons? Um, low light though. Low light. Hmm. And we don't really need the gratuitous nudity of the new hard suits. But I mean, it sells so well. Yeah, that's why this is such a popular and ongoing franchise. Ah, the nudity. There were a few other things made in the sort of broad bubblegum crisis slash AD police canon, but I haven't watched any of the other ones. Oh, okay. There's a show called eighty. There's a couple of shows called AD police. There's a show called Parasite Dolls. How much nudity is in? Those? Haven't seen them. Don't know. Yeah. Can there be? Can there be more nudity? Can we make this happen? They do sort of look like. Even more so than this, like very edgy '90s slash early 2000s OVAs. Fuck yes. Um, well, my low light is going to be no daily in this episode. Yeah, there was. We, well, he was, he was there very at the start. briefly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, he, he just sort of... He didn't say you know, anything or do anything. Yeah, now he's gone. He had his big character moment when they blew up that boomer ineffectually last week. And that was it? Yep. That's all we get? I, that might be a rap on Daily. I can't really remember. Oh my god. That can't be the rap on Daily, though. That can't be the rap on Daily. Mm. Son bitch. a bitch. Mm. Mm. It's time for the rap on Daily. Mm. My name mm. is Daily and I'm here to say mm. I am... It. I hate boomers in a major way. Okay, we did it. Yep. Well, uh, shut it down. Something, something, MF Doom. Well, Nick, things aren't looking great for Mega Tokyo. <laughs> Everyone has evacuated the entire city. And the International Organization's army is blockading the city and occupying the country. Galatea is constantly bringing forth She's become new exciting monsters. Dark Galatea, the woman made of chocolate milk. Ooh. Mason is, what's the, um, is there a th- like a boss in Final Fantasy XIV that is like one of those pillars with a person on the end? Nothing's leaping to mind. Because it's like, you know, at the front of like a boat. I don't remember really fighting anyone trapped in an eternal living hell like that. Hmm. But like, you know, on the front of a boat. Yeah, like a prow. Yeah. Or yeah. And there's like the the sexy lady or sexy guy who's like, yes, go forward. Yeah, not in 14, I don't think. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe I'm thinking of a different Final Fantasy. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you're thinking of Dragon Quest eleven. Maybe. Maybe, noticed. actually. I don't know, but maybe. (laughs) What will happen next time on Bubblegum Crisis, Tokyo 2040, episode 21 out of 26, Close to the Edge. Ooh. What if they're going to try and get to the border? For what purpose? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. They'd want to clear out, make it Tokyo. Mm. Um, They're the night sabers, after all. The heroes of justice. Indeed. Oh, and Celia did scream at Galatea. Oh, yeah, she screamed into the night at the Genom Tower. Do you want to make the whole world into boomers? <laughs> so, so, that's probably something, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably... We're going to... she got some sort of crazy revenge mind? quest going on here. Yeah, it's probably like we're going to deal with these dragonline motherfuckers. We're going to get in trouble and then Pritz show up. Mm-hmm. But she's still like, oh, no, my wound. But her new heart suit is also really cool as well. Mmm, it has to be. And dare I say, a little sexy. Oh, is there a bit of a... A bit of a mid-riff, if you will. A bit of a sleek elbow. A bit of a cheeky visor. We do love a visor here. The sexiest part of the helmet. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I reckon they'll they'll start chopping up the dragon line, and then obviously the dragon line will fight back, and then Pris will show up and be all like, "Hey, I'm here." Yeah, we gotta like shut down its central power core or yep. something. and then they'll go back and be like, "We have to go to Gethen Tower." Yeah, we gotta kill Galatea and, and then, also Mason. Yeah, and then we'll have a whole lot of talking about like Pris being like that inner metal stuff. Does it go inside you? And they'll be like, uh, "Yeah." Well, yeah, it's like great. So you have a little bit of Galatea in you. Gross. I can only assume that's what it is, but. After that, then they'll go on their revenge Like, poster. Are you saying that like, because of her wounds, maybe she's picked up some... Yep, that's exactly
1: what I'm saying. Great!
0: She's now a little Galatea because of inner metal. Mm-hmm. And Nigel will it's be all... It's too inner. Yeah, Nigel will just be like, I told you we should never have used it. And yet, you didn't listen. No one ever listens to Nigel. <laughs> glug, glug, glug. <laughs> what about Marky? What's going on with him? Mark, you see, he said he'll have to go away soon. Yeah, Does he, is he saying that because he thinks he's a threat to them? That's my interpretation. Yeah, and so like out of the preservation of the Night Sabers, he's like, I can't be around you. I'm dude. too much of a boomer, yeah. on account of how I'm I'm a boomer. I'm a massive risk to you and everyone you yeah. love. I'm out. And everyone I love. Oh. Which seems to be exclusively no one. Celia, <laughs> Nene, and Nigel. Yes. 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 Doesn't really interact with the other characters much. (laughs) Yeah. Sees Priss and is all like... Scary. I I hate you. (laughs) Also, can we just talk about the one bit where they were like, Mackie, can you leave the room? And he... Screamed and ran out of the room. (laughs) Like, they were just like, I'm the evil Baba Yaga. He's like, oh God, they're going to eat me. Ah!" Classic anime comedy bits. Maybe that's why he can't stay here because he's too fragile. He's too afraid of nudity. And he is that fragile. (laughs) Um, yeah, Death Stranding Two trailer. Haven't watched it yet, but I hear George Romero's in it. Yeah, it's fucking weird, man. It's real fucking weird. Sick. There's a uh, there's a bit I think you'll enjoy with I think BB. Okay, well I'm but... I'm wary of our battery life. Uh, okay, so let's I'll watch that before next episode and we can come back to it. Excellent. Um, yeah, and what's what about Galatea's Dark Apotheosis? Anything else going on there? Hmm. Well, obviously now she's like you want it to be God Mason. What if I was God instead? Uh, See, I am God, and then she'll just be like, "Great, I'm going to make Boomers awaken everywhere, or do it as much as she possibly can." Yep. Um, and then she'll probably be like the space elevator. Ah, oh, the space elevator. I'm going to turn and it the into the skyhook. Yeah. And the Show Ham Project. I'm going to turn it all. I'm going to into, show the whole world Ham. Yeah, I'll turn it into infested, disgusting, organic boomy. Mm-hmm, makes sense. And then they'll be all like, "There's a threat in space." But the international organization army can't will take it happen, it. Nick? Will we finally go to space? Oh, fuck! If we don't go to space, well, we've already gone to space because of the space elevator. But, have that, but our protagonists haven't gone to space. That's true. Just like they didn't go to space. Actually, in you know what? Stone Ocean. You know what? I actually don't think they're going to go to space. I think the the Night Sabers won't go to space. Everyone else will. Like the international army. Are oh, they are going to seek refuge? <laughs> No, no, no. They're going to go up there to be like, we have to combat this threat. We've developed a new weapon. We're going to do it. They're just going to go to him Tower. Ah, because they know all the details. Yeah, and they're going to go find Galatea in, like, the final fight and then kill her. All the boomers will shut down. And then everyone in space will be like, we did it. We They'll beat They'll never him. know what really happened. Exactly. Other than, like, Leon. Who may explain it to the world. But no one will believe him. Exactly. they will be like, Leon... See, there was this He's small not good at communicating with people. See, there was this lab underground that no one can find anymore because it got broken in the earthquake, where this small girl... And the earthquake was fake. It was a false flag operation by the yeah. Genom Corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Genom's to blame, and everyone will be like, Shut, shut up. up! Like, that's not that's not how this works. And I think it's time for us to shut up as well. Until next time. You can visit us on patreon.com slash World. And World.net on blue sky. Um... Uh, Our Tokyo 2040 theme music is Jojo Wave by Milk Juice. And you can see me in person in hell.
1: And until (laughs) you get to hell...
0: To Be be continued.